0: Here we are again. Good morning, everybody. If you're listening to this in the morning, we're recording in the morning um, and we got up very early this morning. This is Scott Anderson from Warrior Academy Yoga and the OODA. I'm here with Jeff Suskin. Good morning. Also from Warrior Academy and the OODA and we still don't know what we're going to call this show and we still we really,
1: really need to get on that theme song. I have no clue what the theme song should be. It should be like we just figured out what our, even our theme was for today's show. Yeah, like just now. Uh huh.
0: But um, I've I've recently become friends with uh, Rob Drabkin, who's a phenomenal local musician here and starting to make a, a real dent in the music world. Um, so he's he's the closest thing to a rock star that I know. I'm gonna hit him up. Okay. I'm, I'm I, just by virtue of the fact that I I started uh plugging him and talking about him on our podcast i think he kind of owes it to us now
1: there you go All right. so you know rob think a theme song
0: a theme song something catchy you know jeff like and SWAT.
1: scott this is the yoga show what i was thinking more like that we remember that show swat can be more like that swat or like mission impossible or oh yeah something, something like that. really
0: yeah we should definitely go with a cool like 70s theme Ironside. yeah what what, what year were you born Sixty nine. Sixty nine. Wow, you're
1: old. I'm a child of the sixties. Yeah.
0: Um and being how we're both in our 40s mm-hmm. Um mortality we certainly probably is creeping into our thoughts a little bit.
1: Potentially closer to uh the death at an average age than we were twenty years ago. <laughs> yes. Yes. Getting men in my family seem to kick it at about 76. 76, 75. Seems to, seems to be like the common theme.
0: I need to do my homework because um, I know when my grandfather died, but I don't know like my great grandfather and any of that. I don't. Women know do the, great. The women are women in, in their 80s and 90s. They're, they're You're doing talking it. about women
1: in general or Suskin women? No, no. Or no women. The, the Suskin women. Yeah. So Suskin men, 75, 76. That's a pretty sleep. good run, but considering how much you do yoga i gotta say grandparents you're gonna not sh- do much yoga yeah dad certainly doesn't do yoga <laughs> i can't imagine i would th- that i would pay money to see my well actually that'd be scary at this point but back when it would have been interesting to see my dad do yoga i
0: i think i mentioned this before my dad is is kind of like burgess meredith and grumpy old man it's just like a pound of bacon every day. Right, right. Yeah, he's that guy. There's, uh, uh,
1: my dad came and watched like I was training with a couple of UFC fighters, which should have been a fairly exciting thing. My dad, they were like, dude, look at your dad. And he was out cold in a chair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's where you got your
1: propensity for narcolepsy? I think I have low-grade narcolepsy. <laughs> I think I just get up so early that I get tired earlier too.
0: That's true. and And I've been getting up really early with you a lot more recently and doing uh, workouts with you. In fact, um, for the last couple of weeks, we've done this uh, crazy back-to-back Friday night, Saturday morning thing at uh, Stedman Hawkins uh, Sports Performance, which is uh, Lauren Landau's joint, and holy cow. It's good. They, I got to plug those guys. They got it going on over there. Like I'm just I'm loving uh, what we're learning. And how we can uh, apply a lot of really great functional movement ideas to yoga. So,
1: mm-hmm. but then we have our day to day. So the theme, you said mortality, but that's kind of a nice way of saying death. It is a nice way of saying death. So
0: let's just call it what it is. And because we were we were out at dinner after after uh, a Stedman's workout, and you showed me a poster from I don't even remember what from the and
1: Rubenstein it, Museum. The Rubenstein Museum. Yeah, there was an art exhibit there.
0: Yeah, and it was the art exhibit. That's what it was called? The exhibit
1: or, was like, well, you can finish your story, and then I'll tell you what the exhibit well, was.
0: Well, you showed me a picture on your phone, and it was just like this really cool image, and it just had a skull, and it said, remember, you are going to die. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, to- it's, at least for me, it's totally fucking aligned with the way that I want to choose to live my life. Like a lot of people, yeah. it's like, I I don't want to think about it. I can't go there, like. Right. And I think that there's tremendous power in going there and realizing that like life is uh, a gift. Life is fragile. Life is uh, it's over like that. And you got to take advantage and 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 live because yeah, we're, we were here for a limited time.
1: It. Limited time only. Yeah. I would. I mean, like I said, it it. it I think sometimes it's viewed as a very morbid topic. You know your impending doom, your impending annihilation, our biggest fear. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I, I think, if you're going to live a really fulfilling life, you know, then it has to be looked at, not just oh yeah, every once in a while I take a look at this. I think it's like a daily practice of of preparation for your death. Have you ever heard of
0: this lady who has this website uh, called the Order of the Good Death? Uh, cool! Oh my God, you got to check her out. Like, what's she, her name? Uh, I I don't know her name, but like, I just I just pulled it up on my laptop. And if you guys want to check this out, listeners, it's called orderofthegooddeath.com. dot com. I want to check it out. This woman, she, and she's like twenty five. <laughs> and she she just had she she watched way too many episodes of, of the Adams Family or whatever you know she was she's like a goth it, girl. she was probably the goth chick in high school mm-hmm. and um she became a mortician and she just really is a really interesting person because it, being in that industry um, she really wanted to help people develop. Uh, a better way to frame their thoughts around death, whether it's your own death or a loved one's death. Uh-huh. And so she created this really sort of humorous website that really just provides a lot of levity. Uh-huh. And and it just pokes fun at how we are about death. And it's yeah. called The Order of the Good Death. And th- she's hilarious. She's got videos on YouTube. She's hilarious. Oh, I want to check it out for sure. Yeah.
1: I think it's, I mean, there's commonalities that occur in like most things that go on in in our American life you know heartbreak let's just say or I'm sure there's issues with kids it's like you're able to write these very broad books because it seems like everybody kind of experiences them and maybe there's little nuances little peculiarities but it's sort of a, a steady stream that we all kind of go through and I think the same thing must happen with I mean it's I'm sure the same thing happens with death. I've I've watched a bunch of TED conferences on it, like what people, you know, like common themes that elderly have when you know they're on their deathbeds, or EMTs talking about when they have to handle somebody who they can't save.
0: And and we were talking about this last night.
1: Yeah. And there's
0: and you actually it was one of your dharma's in in yoga class. Yeah, uh, I was the talking about day. that. The, the, so you know, what the are, the are comm- those things?
1: Well, so what Scott's referring to is there was a, a really cool TED talk, and it was done by a twenty-year EMT in New York City, who saw, you know, had to be a part of thousands of different deaths over a twenty-year span. Every day, he's trying to save somebody, or he can't save somebody. And I think for a while, he said he would just he would lie, and and just say, no, 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 you're going to be okay, you're going to be okay. But he said one day he stopped lying. And he just started getting very honest with people and he said in every case, not just one or two, in every case, there was acceptance and there was like surrender and people became somewhat at peace with what was happening. But he said when that happened he, – and he goes – and it wasn't just one or two people. He said it was in every single instance since he had started telling the truth. And then he said that there was those three – sort of common themes that occurred every single time he said like the people on the deathbeds there's one is they want to be forgiven mm-hmm. two is they want to be remembered and three is they want to know they mattered or was no it? no the remembered one was the significance one like they want to know like like immortality it kind of was on that one the third one was just like there was regret You know, like I wish I like the case he said was about like the grandfather who wished that he'd spend more time with his grandkids rather than doing self. So for
0: forgiveness, significance, and regret, and he said, and it
1: happens with every single person. Those are the three themes that he sees in every single case. So, and he wasn't just like, oh, here and there, I see this, right? So you know, so now we know as American people, like this is what's going to happen when if it wasn't a sudden death if we're not like just hit by a truck, but if we have time to actually consider our death at that moment before we cross over, um, then those are the three things that, that will probably strike us. So it's probably like back to your point. Why, why like, if you know that's well, not if you know that's going to happen now that we've told you that's going to happen, like why ignore that fact? Why not make it so that when those three questions, are staring you in the face you like can almost i don't know it's like that that ultimate moment you can actually sit there and nod almost smile and just be and be prepared right but that doesn't mean I, it's just a, well yeah. the,
0: being aware of your death like the the thing that that people really want to avoid thinking about which if you look at most of the stoic philosophers mm-hmm. you know epictetus marcus aurelis you know they're all like be aware of it like it's right there behind your right shoulder what were you, you telling
1: know? me that Epictetus said was something about when when he talks because like, I mean the the the, the, the advice that you know live today as if it was your last but he had a the way he played the way he said it, I thought was really cool
0: uh imagine that you died today and that every day forward is basically uh, uh an unexpected bonus
1: I thought there was something to the degree or to the fact of, like, imagine that you died yesterday.
0: Yeah, same thing.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Just imagine that you died, like, boom, this is it. It's done. And then – and that's what's cool about Shavasana. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm, I'm laying down in corpse pose. I'm here, and I want to let go. As mm-hmm. it, I really think of it as, like, a practicing – uh, you know, some people call it the little death. I'm sitting here practicing or I'm lying down practicing, letting go, mm-hmm. letting go of my body, right. letting go of everything, literally fucking everything, all of my worries, all my cares, all my baggage, all my conceptions about uh, uh, myself and my life and this container, this bowl, which ha- has my name on it. And it's just constantly all the experience is being thrown into that bowl. It's all gone. Mm-hmm. I don't need my body anymore. I don't need anything anymore. And then you get up from that. You know? What we like to do here at War Academy Yoga is, is leave you in Shavasana. You can stay there as long as you want. hmm Practicing letting go. Yeah. it's You have to practice it. If you – if you that it's – what do I say all the time? Like it's, it's harder to let go than hold on. Mm-hmm. So, if you can practice letting go and then you get up mm-hmm. and you start again, oh man, that's powerful.
1: You know, so uh, one of our mentors, his name is David Sanders, and so he mentors both Scott and I. And he says, like, so, and he's a, uh, a renowned Kabbalah professor um, on the philosophy of Kabbalah. And he'll say, every morning when he gets up, he says this prayer that's a thank you to the universe for waking up as David Sanders, waking up from. His dream state or whatever that, you know, that universe that, that takes place in your dreams and coming back to earth or here, waking mm-hmm. up and being David Sanders. That's like there's this prayer that he gives thanks for that. And that's if like you a- if you wake up and you think you're Bugs Bunny… <laughs>
0: Then you need to get that looked at.
1: Yeah, but all of that can <laughs> be fun
0: in and of itself. Oh, wait. Yeah, I, I'm. A, it's a new day, and I'm still me. That's awesome. Yeah. Yay, God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's uh, it's one of those things where I mean, you could just walk through, and and I, I I'm so guilty. Of this is you just get through, and you just feel that uh, scarcity, and it's just like not a great place to stay. It seems like such a cooler thing to be able to say, okay. My death—it's coming for me. I know my three potential—the common tendencies, the the Mm -hmm. malalignment—that could strike me on my deathbed. And how do I get better aligned with that on a daily basis? Which isn't about being uh, neurotic. That's about living. Right. I told you I have a a, my uh, one of my first Muay Thai coaches, Dwayne Ludwig, who's probably one of the world's great coaches at MMA and at Muay Thai. He just texts me randomly. He'll send me this text, whatever my nickname is, Sus. And I'll say, Sus, you live living life to the fullest. You know, and it's like – I,
0: I, um, I, You told me that story? Mm-hmm. I texted somebody that I hadn't talked to in a while. Mm-hmm.
1: Just, and and just, just what's interesting is I sent that to somebody. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. I'll show you after class. I sent it to We're
0: going to start class. some serious viral shit. <laughs> you need to randomly – here's your homework, guys. You need to randomly text people that you haven't talked to in a while and just say,
1: hey, reminder, are you living life to the fullest? Okay. Well, what's, what? how do you define living life to the fullest too? Does that mean jumping off of a cliff? Does that mean I'm, uh, I know? Because I just I just posted post? an
0: article on Facebook that I thought was brilliant about this woman that was talking about having it all, mm-hmm. like, and I'm doing air quotes. We do that a lot here when we're on the podcast. Uh, having it all, uh-huh. you know, man, that's that's a really bad way to think. Well, w- because it it means it means that there's always something missing.
1: Yeah, if you gotta yeah.
0: have it all. If you got to have all of what, if you got to have it all, something's fucking missing. And then I'm living my life with a perception of lack,
1: Scares rather you. than abundance. Right. So what what would be to you? What would be living life to the fullest?
0: Living life to the fullest is uh, living as much as possible in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, one of the books that I just finished, and I've been I've been, how do I say this? I've been slapping Barnes & Noble around like a bitch. I've been reading so many books, so many good books. And um, I just finished uh, Neurosculpting. I can't remember the author's name. But, man, does she do a fantastic job of describing uh, being in the present moment. And the fact that, like, a lot of gurus, teachers told her, like, be present. Mm -hmm. What the fuck does that mean? Mm -hmm. You know? So there's a it's a great book. I don't want to go into great detail on that, but I want to throw that idea out there. If you want to look it up, but um, living life to the fullest means really being aware of what's happening, and that's why I am, you know, staunchly devoted to um, when I'm with my daughter. I focus on my daughter, you know, and you know probably more so than anybody. Because you and I talk a lot, and you know that if I don't answer my phone or if, I, if you call you me and I go, like, I'm with my daughter, I'm like, it comes first, yeah. I got to let, let you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is very easy to do when you're with an adorable, gorgeous, funny, intelligent two-year-old, it's so easy to be present and just watch everything unfold. Mm-hmm. And then when you can do that with everybody – you know, I've I've really noticed that um, having read that book, having uh, really been aware that, like, I'm doing it with my daughter. Can I do it in every other area, area and avenue of my life? So like, I've really living... been present with our workouts, with Eric, mm-hmm. really paying attention to what he's teaching me. Right. Or like, last night at dinner, you were relating – Some stories to me, and I just really wanted to sit there and listen and be present, and
1: like not form an opinion. Yeah,
0: and I was, I was, I was with another friend the other day, and like um, they could not stop checking their phone, Mm -hmm. and I was having a conversation. I was just like, they could not leave it alone. Yeah, and I was just like, are you aware of what you're doing? Because like I'm aware of it, right? You know,
1: so living life to or living life to the fullest to you is is presence
0: presence we got right now mm-hmm. and and it's it's shit that you and i've been teaching here and and everywhere like we spend way too much time in the default mode mm-hmm. you know the mind just chewing on and processing right. information what did they mean by that like blah, 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 blah. and having all these conversations in our head when What's actually happening around
1: us mm-hmm. is is presence. I mean I think what I would think about is in terms of living life to the fullest. So and this is just me extemporizing now based on what you're saying, also what we've talked about. It's almost like – so taking what I learned, say, in a yoga class, there's an apex pose. Apex pose, let's just say that's deathbed, you know? So it's – what what like what what do I want to have happen there like that's the check in I think on a daily basis is so for me we talked about like those three common tendencies that I don't want to go like and I think Tecumseh had he he gave a, a really great speech at Thermopolis in Greece and he was like and he the end of it just said to be like those sorry souls like I, he'd want to go like to his deathbed and sing his his death song bravely and happily as opposed to like those sorry souls who wish they could take another chance to do it again. Right. Like a do-over. And that's not the way that I sounds like Emerson want to go. You know? And so the idea there is like, okay, well, that's not how I want to go. This is how I want to go. And so I want to go, which would be with that place of like, with like, oh, man, that was a good game. And that one I think takes not just presence but like the intention of, okay, I know that I want to make – be memorable for you It would be to your daughter Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so that's an easy one um then for uh i know that uh the other one was forgived so why wouldn't you go spend your days or each at some point each year where you really take a look at like who do i need to ask forgiveness from you know and or who do i need to forgive and yeah. lastly, it's like, well, the regrets of like, I wish I would have, I spent my time doing this and I didn't do that, you know, like placing what was urgent before what was important. Right. You know, so those are like those three intentions. So living life to the fullest to me, because I could go do six CrossFit classes a day. You know, not that I don't even do CrossFit, but other people could go do six CrossFit. I'm living life to the fullest. I jump off of cliffs. I do this, but it comes at the price of my all my selfish pursuits came before of the things that should have been very important to me like Connection. those considerations not only those yeah those connections the forgiveness the ma- expanding happiness um leaving things more you know like better happier more fulfilling for everyone around rather than just for myself you know what i mean so it's like it's a it's a very balanced game you have to play and i think it takes like any business plan it takes like constant projections constant like rethinking about mm-hmm. like where like how that that reverse engineerings down from your apex of death you know which is like which if you think about it people say my death that would be the nadir i'm going in the ground but i'd say that's mostly closest to the divine like you're about to leave this physical manifestation of earth right i'm getting a little crazy here but um you're getting a little woo woo i'm digging <laughs> it go but, there uh, go there so <laughs> i think like that would be my Yogic intention is like, okay, I'm here on the mat, I'm meditating, I'm this and that. It's like, what's my death song going to be in a native way? Thinking that, and like, okay, how do I create this great death? And David is going back to him, I remember him telling me the story of some, let's just say the guy was about 48, 49 years old, 40, some, somewhere in his mid to late 40s, comes up to David at a wedding, and David's also a very well regarded therapist. So the guy just and he says he has to deal with that quite a bit of people coming up like in very strange places and seeking his opinion. That's on that's gotta type be fucked up. Like when you're the guy with the truck, everybody like doctor everybody calls this, yeah. you
0: to move. Yeah. You know, and so I'm sure if you're the psychotherapist, like, all right, I had this
1: fucking dream.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, he must and get that a lot.
1: I'm and so like, like with David, I'm sure it's like and and you'd have to know David. He's a very no nonsense like. Kind of guy, but like very direct, but wonderful, soft man. But just you know, he he's direct. He's yeah, and he uh, and this guy just came up to him and just said, "Just David, I feel like I've lived half of my life, and I just feel unfulfilled. I feel like uh, what have I done? You know, I feel like I haven't lived my life. Something to that effect." Uh-huh. And David would just looked at him and just like shook his head and said, "Whatever gave you that idea?" And the guy looked at him like about, like about that, what that I'm unfulfilled in my life, and he's like, "No, that you're halfway done." He's right. like, "You like, whoever gave you that idea? You know that it could be tomorrow. It's happening. Yep. So, could be that night. So that's my thought on living. Like, uh, like, are you living life to the fullest? And it's like, if I ask you that question, okay, Scott, do you believe? What do you what like? Do you believe you're living life to the fullest? And if not, what what would you point towards as these are the things I need to do to live life, I think, more to my concept of, of fullness?
0: Uh, that's a fantastic question. I, I It's a good thing that I'm not on um, a pageant <laughs>
1: because those girls <laughs> – Yeah, they, yeah Scott, this is Scott Anderson from South Carolina.
0: Those – yeah, the, those girls, they have to like – Demonstrate poise. Is that the point of it? I, like, I don't to, know. To add, be asked some Aren't weird say, fucking and, and, like quasi socio political question, like to, just to see how they can quickly pontificate. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do that. Um, but you know, I'm drinking this coffee as fast as I can. So, uh, what the fuck was the question? <laughs> are you are you
1: living life the the same well, what question I you to... sent to somebody? Are you living life to the fullest? Mm-hmm. And are there certain things that you feel need to be corrected that would lead you towards a more optimum life?
0: Yeah, I think that things th- in your control. Sorry, things in my control. Yes, yeah, I, I have to start paying uh, more attention to the little details. Mm-hmm. I think it's different for everybody. You know, we were we were talking about personality, and uh, I have a buddy that is a. Uh, sort of a a layman's expert on the enneagram Mm -hmm. you know he's not a professor he doesn't teach it but he just knows it backwards and forwards and everybody has different personality types so what what is what would you do to I, i reflect that question back to you what if you feel like you're not living life to the fullest then what's missing because if you say like Um, well, I'm not in relationship and I want to be,
1: but that's out of your, like, I'm
0: just saying, yeah, again, again, that uh, that's also reflecting on lack. So I I think that you, you have to do a couple of things is that you have to be present. You have to focus on uh, getting back to the idea of regret and, um, uh, needing forgiveness and all those things that people think about on their deathbed. Like you, you want to start leading a a more meaningful life, a life that in which you've impacted other people in a positive way Mm -hmm. Um, to ask each other those questions. Like we were having a conversation in the car. I don't remember when it was. And, and you, you were relating uh, some of your stuff and uh, relating it to death and like, would I regret this? Um, And I wanted to say to you, Jeff, just so you know, in case you get hit by a bus tomorrow, like you mattered, Mm -hmm. like you mattered to me, like it made a, being your friend has made a huge, huge difference in my life, a huge difference. And that's a good feeling, you know, and we Mm -hmm. don't, we don't want to give ourselves credit, you know, as, as people, if we're really compassionate people if we're even halfway just a decent human being we tend to look after other people's needs more than our own and it's important to stop and go like i'm doing all right i'm pretty good mm-hmm. i the the mindful life is also like man that was kind of shitty what i did mm-hmm. you know i got to i got to not do that or do less of that i also maybe i need to seek the uh, apology of this person, or seek the forgiveness of this person. You, what did you say the other day in class? You were talking about uh, so
1: today's Yom Kippur. Yeah, Yom Kippur. And so, so talk
0: about that because that really got my wheel spinning. When was that? Oh, shit, that was just yesterday.
1: So th- this is a really interesting aspect of like of of Yom Kippur. So although I wouldn't say that I- I'm not religious, but my I I'm Jewish. So the. And I never really knew this. I have a friend. I have a friend whose family is from Israel. And I was like Yom Kippur, and I said something to the effect of like I was like ah, I was like kind of silly. What you just fast for a day and all your sins are atoned for? And he was like, that's what you think this day is about. And he's like that. That's not at all how it goes. He's like, if I've wronged somebody, I have to go ask their. I have to go to them, and I have to ask for their forgiveness. And he said they might not. Can you text him? I don't know. I'm sure in this day and age, Moses, can you? So uh, you have to Facebook him. You can. You can do whatever you need to do to to (laughs) properly ask for forgiveness. So, but let's just take this this uh, scenario of you need to go to them and ask for forgiveness, and they might not accept your what you ask of them. You have to go back. That's not good enough. You have to go back a second time. You have to ask their forgiveness. So if I come to
0: like if if I come to you and say, like, Jeff, I need you to forgive me for farting in the car. No. (laughs) That was horrible. Go away. You have to
1: come back again. I have to come back. You have to come back again to me and ask for it. And then you've taken this very solemn topic and kind of making it funny. Because the second time they still might not forgive you. The third time you have to ask for their forgiveness publicly publicly oh yeah so that might be an embarrassing so like
0: i i ask you for forgiveness
1: again you say
0: no you shouldn't have farted in the car the third time like in front of a yoga class i'd say everybody yes i need to let you all know i have wronged jeff by farting in the car jeff can you forgive me in front of all these people Mm -hmm. and then does that – do you think that that helps? Because my theory is is that if you have to do it for the, the third time in public, it puts a lot of pressure on the person to forgive.
1: It, 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 and they still might not receive it, but you and the universe, you and your maker are okay with each other at that point. You've done everything you can. You, you've done your part. Uh-huh. And have you ever done this before?
0: Farted in the car or asked forgiveness <laughs> for, publicly.
1: Like, like gone through the process of very directly asking for somebody's forgiveness. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I d- I, and I think that I've been fortunate in the fact that uh, I think that across the board I've been forgiven for those times. And I, I also think that it, it, it is important. This is why I joked about it a minute ago. You've got to do it face-to-face. Unless um, unless they're on the East Coast and you're on the West Coast, yeah. if there's a possibility of you getting together and sitting down across from each other, that's the way to do it. Trus That's, True, that's, truly, the, you connect that's with the classiest, most in integrity way to do it. But, so I
1: had, I had an experience but've never so.
0: I've never had somebody go, no, no, try again next week, and then the week after that, we're going to do it publicly. I, I've said to and some then, people
1: who like I've actually had some people who I thought treated me poorly and ask for forgiveness and I haven't said maybe no outright but I've somewhat ignored it or you know so I've definitely had that like where I'm you know where I'm glad you're asking for forgiveness but you know this is the third time that you've done something that's like not very nice right and okay like, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily make it right with me. Well, what happens when you say like,
0: you know what? It's cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, you're sort of rolling your eyes. Yeah. I forgive you. So I think how, that does, you how have, does that I, right. work? Like, think, are you still yeah, good with me, God? Even though this person said they forgived you. This isn't a religious really thing didn't...
1: there. I think it's between two people, but I will tell you this is, I think that you have a task on being the one that's being asked to be, to give forgiveness so, when this happened with with because it 's so easy, oh, do you forgive me, thank you, blah, 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 go on your happy way and this Henry Rollins says, if somebody friggin rubs shit on your face, you shouldn 't let the stink go away so fast, so quick to wipe away the stink, mm-hmm. and that sticks with me too so i I wronged my brother in law last year not not this isn 't a huge deal, but I certainly made him feel unimportant and hurt his feelings. I was supposed to meet him. For a ski trip, I didn't realize – I thought he was going with all of his friends and it was like, yeah, come join us and I'd sleep on the couch. Right. Came time for doing that and like there was other stuff and I was like, yeah, no. I, I was like, "I, I we're not going to make it there and he was extremely insulted. We didn't talk for months. I didn't realize how insulted he had gotten by this. I made him feel unimportant. Right. You know, came time for Yom Kippur and I was like – and it was that time of year. My friend, the Israeli family, told me about this. I was like, God damn it, I have, to, I have to ask for his forgiveness. I called him up and I was like – and he took my phone call and I was like, I'm really sorry. I mean this is a very strange thing this is someone I have a very casual relationship with, a very funny relationship. Right. Like imagine our relationship like that. And then all of a sudden it was like, can I talk to you? Yes. I wanted to ask for your forgiveness for making you feel unimportant. I didn't mean for that to happen. That was never my intention, yet that's what my actions did to you, and I'm asking if you would forgive me. That would be important to me, and I asked that of you. Mm -hmm. I mean do you know how powerful that is to actually word it like that? This is is like verbatim. Yeah. And he paused, and he said, I will forgive you. I will forgive you. You do matter a lot to me, and that's why it hurt my feelings so bad. I will forgive you, but I would really appreciate it as family – That you take more consideration when it comes to, like, things like that or taking care of, like, me in that capacity. Like, you know, he was very – I don't exactly know the words he used on that one, but it was not just letting me off the hook. Right. It was letting me off the hook with, like – with disclaimer of, like – With the boundary.
0: Yes. Yeah, like, I do forgive you. Yeah. And – you know, I'm not giving you a pass to keep doing this,
1: which makes me think that somebody who's asking my forgiveness lately, and I've kind of been blowing it off. I should let get to and for his for his uh, growth. I should not just say, "Ah, it's all right. It's it's cool." Mm-hmm. I should say, "Look, this is you know which one." He's like, "Can we please get together?" I've never apologized to you in the correct way. Mm-hmm. It's like, sure, but I never really made a plan there. I should go and I should say.
0: Okay, we're gonna we're, we're gonna okay. follow up with you on that one. Yeah, and um, so uh, there's so much to talk about here, and I, I think that we just scratched the surface. So we're gonna have to come back and uh, do part two of uh, "Remember, you are going to die." Okay. So that was a good talk. That's
1: part one in our thirteen part series. In on our thirteen death. part series on death,
0: and it is it's. I'm looking at the clock. I'm surprised no one has, has hit the
1: front door yet, but it's it's almost time. It's almost time to teach yoga. Are you ready? Yeah, I was thinking of that Ali G thing. Did you ever see when he interviews the Surgeon General? And he's like, let's talk about death. And he's like, death? He's like, it's, yes, it's coming for us all. And he's like, isn't that a little bit pessimistic of you? Can you say maybe four <laughs> out of five people? <laughs>
0: yeah that's uh, I've never I've never seen that show but I know uh, what. who is that Sasha Baron Cohen yeah. guy uh-huh. Uh yeah but th- he's right I mean the death rate as it stands is currently still 100% so
1: death is still the leading killer in the United States it
0: is the 100% leading killer so we're gonna come back and uh, I hope that you will come back and listen to us talk more about death have a great day
1: everybody <laughs> say goodbye Jeff oh bye 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 have a great day <laughs>